0: Alright man, we back in. It's been a minute, but we back because we got some things to talk about. I don't know where are you in the world right now. You don't know where I am. As long as you good, we good. Right? So the thing I want to talk about right now is something that I call superiority versus inferiority. It seems we very rarely take into consideration how much of our reality we have no control over however the things that we experience in our environment usually given to us by social media social platforms etc even the influences of those that we adorn That are also influenced by their timeline of experiences of social media and etc. We tend to put ourselves in the position where we can very seldomly end up in a position to reflect on how much we're being influenced. Now, we're in 2020 at the moment. And I have been, leading up to this year, calling it 2020 the year of clarity. This is the year of being able to see things as they are. Coming away from the illusions. Piercing the veil. No longer allowing yourself to falsify what you see yourself as, what you see others as, and how they see you. And it's been a crass course (laughs) collision with most of us as we experience things that have happened that have never happened in this lifetime or lifetimes prior, our parents, grandparents, so on and so forth. And so much is going on. I'm seeing it harder for most from what I see, able to think about the future because We've been shaken from our comfort zones. Our usual distractions that we crave are now in the position where people are saying, well, I don't I just give me my distraction back, please. Thank you. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm trying to let people know that we're in the biggest financial shift the world has ever seen. Only 0.01 percent is even participating in it. And it is the shift into a digital world, which we are 80% in now because most of our transactions are not financial, but we don't even, that's just the crux. That is the the sand leading to the beach. We haven't even gotten into the gravity of what it really is we're heading into. And I'm finding it harder and harder to communicate with that, that to most people. Given the fact that most people aren't in a position where they are concerning themselves with the bigger picture. The American dream is becoming the American illusion. Where the idea of my dad's or grandfather's, I should say, a few scores ago, say 20 years ago. When the American dream in 40 years ago, two scores when the American dream was. Get a house, work a job, retire, pass something down, right? We're getting to the point where I just read a statistic saying that the average 50-year-old is going to retire broke. How does that happen? Like, those two words, retire and broke, shouldn't even be... How do you retire and you're broke? Like, the game is set up for us not to have anything and those that have to have everything. So... Even getting beyond finance because currency is just that. it's the currency which is like the ocean. It's just the flow of energy. it's a representation of how energy is flowing in the physical presentation. and it's and for me it's like a like it or not type situation because for most of us who are have-nots, you have no choice but to have a close spiritual relationship with something greater than finance. I grew up very uh, religious in my environment. However, I always had more of an esoteric perspective. And one of the things that I look at is the verse in the good book that says where most people quote money is the root of all evil. But they fail to include the prior phrases that says love of money is the root of all evil because even that it's not the love of the money as much as you love what money can do for you as opposed to the standard game that is set up for you to run the gambit through so most of us are looking for some sort of quick fix we just want to hit big, lottery win. Give me a lottery example. If I hit this ticket, I'm going to show my true colors to everybody. I'm going to tell my boss this, and I'm going to tell them that, and so on and so forth. And then we don't even go back into the, the foundation of it. That was just, a, I mean, that's probably why you never going to get rich. It's almost like you blocking your own blessing, Because your vindictiveness only wants to lash out and show somebody who you are. Which only reflects back to your own insecurity in the first place. Like we're dealing with uh, supremacy versus inferiority. I'm a black male. I've experienced a lot of things that let me start to evaluate things from a perspective of... We often hear about supremacy, 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 but very rarely do we acknowledge the only way something can have or someone can have supremacy is you have to feel inferior to that person. That's the only way it works. It's another dance. It's another yin and yang. It's another balance. That's another game to be played full of characters, another movie scene. As we play out these characters... Ain't nothing changed since I first started talking about it. And I was just doing my warm up in 2018 when I'm like, life is just a movie. You are the star. And this is the big picture. We not really all getting it. But I understand at this point, we're not all supposed to. It's like, let those with ears hear and let those who have eyes see that the world moves numerically and through signs and symbols. Of which the humbling experience is, you'll only see a small percentage of that. We only see 10% of what actually exists in our reality. Our communication is not 100% in translation from one party to the next. A lot of things get lost in translation. So this is where signs and symbols were used by the ancients because they understood that the picture, everybody sees what you see, no matter how you choose to describe it. What you see is what you see. You can have your reservations about it, but what you perceive is what it is. And you're only perceiving a certain amount. Even when you get deeper into the understanding that, well, technically, I've never seen anything. I've only seen light reflecting off of it. But I digress. One is very much so in the position where, unless you acknowledge that one of my favorite movies was the movie Revolver. In which the premise of the movie was addressing the ego, the fact that one of my favorite lines, shout out to Andre Benjamin for his performance in the flick. And the line that he spoke was, use your perceived enemy to defeat the real enemy. There are so many jewels in that movie. Rule number one in business is protect your investment. The only way to get smarter is to play a smarter opponent. Most of my wins came from my losses and understanding why did I lose. Dr. Seuss went to over 20 publishers before getting his book published. Had he been discouraged like the average person after five or 10 or 15 knows, never would we have one of the greatest child booksellers that ever sold children's books. Only something to draw from when you look at all of the adversity that you have to go through that is putting you in a position to feel inferior most of this world's design is for you to have to overcome this is really what the American story is built on in its fabric is the underdogs success most of us however are more comfortable with just hearing that somebody else made it right we're more comfortable playing the extra in this bigger picture instead of recognizing no matter how minute you paint yourself to be you are a very important character in this thing i've watched them do it in hollywood cinematically when they'll take just an average person with an average situation and the way they paint the visuals gives this such importance that you're able to even go back and relive it. And if we could only draw the line between confidence and insecurity enough to see when we're acting in confidence genuinely and when we're genuinely just being insecure and and dominating somebody else by... Making them feel insecure. As they are the reflection of of us. It's all in a play. It's like every play has characters. Well, if I'm a character, so are you. Our interaction reflects back and forth to each other. I've grown to the point where I no longer believe in accidents. I'm really to the point where everything pretty much is... Glued to your thought process, and I mean glued. From the littlest thing, there over eighty what eighty three billion thoughts fly through your mind in the matter of a day, and ninety percent of those are reoccurring thoughts. How often are you checking what's flying through your head? It's almost like we we that that's the part where I see all roads lead to the same place. Shout out to Travis Mages. You know, LBX 777 on YouTube. Check him out if you went to the esoteric occult type stuff. But he often draws that picture of one not really acknowledging that your influence starts and begins with you and ends with you. Like you, if you feel something internally in psychology, they call it a lone wolf syndrome where you're dealing with the shadow self. And if you don't address internally the things that make you feel insecure negative and those things manifest on the physical plane now i would take it more so spiritually and esoterically by connecting the fact that you're creating what you want at all times it's almost like when you go see a horror movie you're not going to see a horror a person that's a horror movie fan does not go see a, a horror movie with the intent of analyzing where all of this is morally incorrect Nor does a person fascinated with uh, old school gangster movies look at how many people died in the movie and shed a tear. Everything is wow. So when you're talking about from a godlike perspective of life and death, there is more of an understanding that this is a game and full of characters that are meant to play out parts. And one is connected to the next, which is connected to the next. I'm sure we're familiar with the term six degrees of separation. If you have some time on your hands, even look up uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, which shows the six degrees of separation in action. You know, someone did a a little study on that. I thought that was very interesting, but I'm digressing. The only way that someone can be superior is for you to feel inferior. I coincidentally have to be having to be born in a culture of people that are deemed the most unlike on the planet like let's just say what it is i've had nights where i'm like god why they don't like us like not even africans like african americans or whatever the fuck what do you call us black melanated people right like ados the american descendants of slaves like when they went on the tirade of teaching the world how to hate us they everybody else just followed in cue now there's this one little unspoken truth though about melanation and the pineal gland and the 32 versus the 33 vertebrae and the different bone structures and the so on and so forth. Like when you do your actual research and you find out how great you really are. Now I'm, I'm like a superhero that found this power that's intimidated by the world being like unbreakable part two, Mr. Glass. Where at the end, if you notice, they're like, yeah, it's not fair to have superhuman superheroes. It's not fucking fair. We can't figure out how to tap into R, so <laughs> no way we're going to let you just Superman the fuck around. Pardon my language, but we should all be adults here. I started this podcast because I'm tired of censoring myself. And I needed a place to be able to vent just my existence that I was here. You know what I mean? You ever remember those trees where somebody just marked or the little something such and such was here? Like, that's all we really do. There was a a consensus of people that were on their deathbeds and the most common uh, thoughts for most people at the end of their time span is did i live did i love and did i matter and i've been close to those three thoughts or questions since i was shot in the back at 16 and i always said like did did it really take a near i guess for me it did when i think about my life prior to that i didn't really have a grasp of life that would have allowed me to really see how fragile it is but when i had a a head-on collision with an experience that let me see how fragile life is and how much yeah you just really don't know you better do everything now i experienced that and then i start having other things to give me analogies of how to explain something that i experienced to someone else who hasn't how do you get someone else to understand something outside of their own experience a lot of times we look at those around us in their stories and we want to believe that we our understanding but we're only able to perceive things from a first-person perspective you know to be objective like i'll never understand what it's like to be a woman and and ironically we're in a time where we have men who are physically engaging into that thought not being so in their reality where they would choose to embrace the idea of physically becoming woman and for the sake of argument we are also moving into a technological age where the advances in medicine is making this possible there are even some alleged things as far as the reason why a woman can't really take her placenta why the big hassle about her placenta or you know and and different things i I don't want to get all too dark and spooky it's pretty early in this podcast so we're gonna save some of that but um I'm going to still try my best. As you can see, I have a very broad perspective so I can easily tie a lot of things that are flying through my head, which is why I started this podcast to begin with. And I'm hoping that you guys are enjoying it so far. So I'm going to wrap this one up and I'm going to try to come back with uh, some conclusion to my words. We We back. <laughs> And um, this is another episode of Supremacy versus Inferiority. I even think you know what I connote when I'm just saying those words, taking out what is going to be the next episode. So I'm going to give you a a little prequel of that, which is going to be titled... Black and white, red and blue. And I'm going to just talk on some thoughts about that. All still tying into one thing. We're dealing with our own creations. They didn't tell us how powerful we actually are. We have to come into our own understanding of that. And when you do, the first thing your ego attaches itself to is something that can reflect back to you. No, it's not. <laughs> so one of the ways that I kind of look at that is it's something i'll I'll tell a quick story. Now, I call this story Four Daughters. and in the story, you have daughter number one, two, three, and four daughter number one being the oldest was groomed in a generation being the child of a boomer who worked hard and came from a southern legacy of annually going to big mama's house for annual dinners and social interaction with family Now, daughter number one actually chose more of an independent path. She actually went on to be very esteemed in academia, went on to a prestigious college, graduated with honors from her university, got three degrees in business and is one of the top CEOs in the United States. However, her siblings, all with similar goals initially, actually went on to become mothers of children, wives to very successful husbands, you know, as far as middle class success, not to the extent of big sis, sister number one. But to a level of comfort where they're in, let's say, a $250,000 a year. one hundred fifty to $250,000 a year. Annual. So, you know, annual trips and life is pretty decent, you know. And we're all able to meet at Big Mamas in the South when we do these annual family get-togethers. Now... On this one in particular, daughter number one has actually received a high achievement. But she's at a a place in her life where being a successful woman has made it very, very hard for her to date. So in trying to date, you know, she usually ends up with men that aren't as successful with her. You know, that after they find out what she does and how successful she is, they usually have to fall in part. You could actually associate the ideal of this character with the character played on Boomerang as Eddie Murphy's initial interest. Right. So that character of a strong woman who knows how the quote unquote game is played when it comes to interacting with positions of power she's actually in a position of power so she's more masculine in her presentation and eddie murphy's character in the story he was pretty much masculine until he ran into true masculinity and it actually exposed him to more of a feminine type character when it came to dealing with masculinity now we're talking energies here so similarly, daughter number one is similar with her dating, you know, in her world, she pretty much can just pick a guy like, you know, she has guys that work around her that are somewhat successful, but the guy she's interested in right now, you know, room game is on point, but, uh, he ain't successful like her. And so she pretty much deals with him as such, you know, however, she's at a point in her life where she's, you know, he kind of is like, well what's the deal you know he's pressuring her not pressuring her but he's letting her see things from a different perspective of it's not all about money i'm successful too like once you get successful to a point isn't it just about enjoying life and she he's just that's what really captivated her about him was he made her see things from a perspective where everything was pretty much just about the next step in the ladder of success for her prior but she realized she's bearing a lot of her desires of being a mother she doesn't have any children you know no in-depth relationship like that you know keep it pretty much on a physical controlling level and so when she has this annual dinner and all of the sisters are there with their kids and you know husbands are interacting and whatnot and it just becomes a breaking point for her when the sisters are going back and forth, and they have a couple of cousins there that are also similar to the sisters 2, uh, two 3, and 4, where they, you know, just married into success. But, however, some of them actually had... You know the the thing is it's it's exposing conversations where they kind of use the idea of seeing how Sister Number One interacts with the children, and you can see that she would love to have children just by the way she interacts with them, but in turn, they use it to say, "Yeah, you should get one <laughs> type energy, not directly saying it, but just giving her the energy like "Yes, yeah, you know it is a beautiful thing to have you know." when you can have it, but hey, you have your career, right? And so on and so forth. And she's able to defend herself and, you know, be like, well, I mean, I wouldn't sacrifice my success for anything because, you know, at the same time, it's not, you know, a position of power to have someone in power over you either when you can't make decisions for yourself. So she's pretty good at defending herself in those type of confrontations. However, those initial shadow cell feelings are still boiling up to where she is confronted by big mama when she sees her interacting with the the little ones and says so when you gonna give me one of those and that's when it happens internally she breaks but all of it was a build-up point to her personifying that energy and it being have it delivered in a vessel to where you would have to confront it now, I'm hoping to get that actually made sometimes. Hey, but shout out. Somebody hooked me up with Tyler Perry. I got to get that one put on film. I think that would be an excellent movie about sisterhood and the idea of inferiority versus supremacy where, you know, like it's all boiling down to the ego. As you can see, I have a common theme with this thing that I'm calling where I'm just recognizing they just put together. It all started with stories. We used to see lives, and then those lives would be no more other than a recollection of those who are still living. And the lives would be so great that you have to tell the story. If you weren't there to see it, you probably wouldn't have believed how great it was. This is what began the idea of telling stories and making movies, and then it just became something where we got imaginative. Like, this is what's crazy to me. They put us in a position where we come into this world and we're creative and imaginative only for them to tell us and groom us to become and tell us that that is not an adult thing to do. Be imaginative and creative only for if you ever end up doing it, you create an, a reality where you realize they was lying to you to keep you submissive to using your imagination and your creativity to add to their world because they lack the creativity and imagination. Or maybe they didn't lack it. Maybe they were able to use the creativity and imagination to create you as someone adding to theirs. And you gave over to that energy. So you did the same thing in turns. You know, it's like that saying. I don't remember right now who said it, but build your dream or someone will hire you to build theirs. Now, I've been dealing with having helping others build their dreams for a long time and right now part of why i'm starting this podcast because i have to ventilate the fact that my most recent partnership is, is coming to an end because i'm dealing with someone who was just the same they don't want to see me build success just help them build theirs as soon as i started to get to where in the position i was told and i quote you're making too much money what does that actually mean on a deeper level i always look at things beyond a surface level for someone to tell you something like that means they're already not even just pocket watching, but they're looking at you as if you're doing something undeserving, regardless of if you're earning it from your hard work. So that reflection is something that I would not want to see. So I am distancing myself and cutting business ties, which is, anyone who knows business is not an overnight thing always, but you know, sometimes it can be a gradual thing and I'm going through the, the gradual process as we speak but I digress. The thing is, because I was in an inferior mindset where I didn't see the importance of building my own, someone hired me to build theirs and sold me, you know, everything that was needed to where they continue to grow. And ironically, it wasn't my first time. It's just 2020. So it's the time when I'm able to see it with, Crystal cut clarity, you know, 2020, perfect vision. So these are just some thoughts on being able to get yourself in a position to control your reality. The idea that 75% of your reality is pessimistic already tells you that. One positive thought is already going to be followed by three negative thoughts just because the structure of your reality and how it's being delivered back to you from those who would like to see you remain as a worker, not somebody worth working for. We all have dreams and ambitions and is at the end of the day, like I said, I'm looking beyond the idea of currency where it's just fiat finance or something that is just give me a lottery ticket so I can go live. No, it should. it's not about that at this point. Like a lot of us were humbled this year to understand that really it's just about being able to wake up and go about your day without having to answer to someone else to be able to provide for yourself. That's really what it boils down to. We're all on the race for that But I'm also taken to the lyrics of sweet dreams One of my favorite songs because I was born in the best era when it comes to music the 80s (laughs) I Know I know let's not start the argument, but follow me You know Sweet dreams are made of these and who am I to disagree? I've traveled the world in the seven seas and everybody's looking for something now, some of them want to use you, some of them want to be used by you, and some of them want to abuse you, and some just want to be abused. Now, to truly understand that as your God self, possessing yourself in don't necessarily be quick to put on the morality suit okay where you start talking about right and wrong because we come into this world the most manipulative beings in existence first time you experienced no it was like um what does that mean (laughs) And the innocence of a child allow that to pass. But if we really are honest, we're the closest to the spirit when we're in our adolescence. And as we learn from humans that have existed in the physical prior to us how to be human, we a lot of times give over that spiritual connection, which also ties back to the creativity and imagination that we lose. Where a child that has the invisible friends is not really ever taught to understand that you're actually perceiving the spiritual realm from which you came and you're able to communicate with that still because you're closest to it. And that's that's an energy that was close to you then and it's close to you now and it will be close to you when you return. I often ponder the idea, what if this thing is just like Earth and then we like aliens on some other planet, like on this higher being higher self type ideal. And as technology looks like it's going to catch up to reality, then we can't even see the <laughs> the fact like I've heard um, Elon Musk has um set up an allegory uh, surrounding the idea that if you look at the evolution of, of video games from the 8-bit you know from Pong and to the evolution now if it was to continue at this pace it would be equivalent to our vision now and it's it's similar to a song that I'm actually going to use one of these podcasts to use more of my lyrical understanding in, in, in the music that I create which was AI is turning VR resolution to that of a human. Not sure if you're aware, but they already have 7D zoos in China where they have technology that's able to let animals walk around you. You've seen Oculus and and things of that nature, and that's an interesting name that I would do some research for. <laughs> but I digress. We are never really groomed in a position to see a lot of our reality. But one of the things that happened to me is I just would see things and I'm like, why are they doing that, too? (laughs) And I was oblivious to most of these things until I entered a point in my life where as I was pursuing music professionally, I entered a conversation with someone. Uh, alluded to something that was uh, before the word Illuminati became pop culture I was alluded to something that was uh, what would be considered an Illuminati ritual and and I had to play along like I knew what they were talking about but it actually beckoned my research to start being like what is he talking about now as I start seeing different things like the whole hand over the eye or the um, you know index pinky over the thumb you know which is called the pox by the church of satan's anton lavey when he was in the 80s what a great era right had the the, i think he was on donahue or some show like that some talk show and he's explaining to the audience now If we really look at it, it was really that when the 70s and 80s came and they started to push more of an agenda. See, I'm starting to digress again, so I'm going to have to make another show about that. (laughs) But let's get back to it. We have to see that there's a lot to this reality that we are not being privy to, you know. And I think as I talk about black and white, red and blue. I'll actually be able to dive into that because I'm leaving that title just the same. I'm gonna wrap this one up. As you see, I'm gonna do my best to try to stay under twenty minutes with these. Just to give you something to chew on and get back to, you know. But um Yeah. This is that talk. You know we got that talk. So let's talk. We're gonna come back on the next one.